Have you ever wondered how to create an effective and engaging phonics lesson that doesn't take hours? In this episode, I'm joined by Christina Harrell of Sweet for Kindergarten as she shares a simple phonics routine that you can use for any phonics lesson. Christina taught kindergarten for six years, but now stays home with her little ones. She is passionate about phonics, writing, and fine motor skills, and shares simple ideas to make learning fun and engaging. Here's Christina. Welcome to the Teacher Time Podcast, a space where teachers are empowered to take control of their prep time so they can enjoy their time off guilt-free. You know how teachers are always working long hours? Here, we're changing that norm together by tackling your biggest productivity questions and planning challenges. I'm your host, Stephanie Polovchik, kindergarten teacher, toddler mama, and your very own productivity mentor. I know what it takes to get your important tasks done so you can consistently work your scheduled hours as a teacher, and I'm sharing it all with you here. In this community, we believe that you can be an effective teacher without sacrificing your free time. So let's ditch that constant cycle of overwhelm for teacher time strategies that work. Why? Because your time matters. Hey there, teacher friends. Welcome to another episode of the Teacher Time Podcast. You are in for such a treat today. I am joined by one of my longest uh, TPT friends, um, real life friends, and the queen of phonics herself, (laughs) Christina from Sweet for Kindergarten. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me on. I can't believe. So I was like looking at my schedule and I was like, oh, I, okay, I need to have a guest on for November. Um, who do I want to have on? And I realized, um, how has Christina not been a guest yet? Because we talk all the time. And so, yeah, I'm just really excited to have you share with our listeners more about phonics routines. Yes, I'm so excited to be here and chatting <laughs> with you. So can you start by just telling our listeners a little bit about you? Yeah. So my name is Christina Harrell. My blog and TPT store and all that is Sweet for Kindergarten. I graduated with an elementary education degree back in 2012. So like 10 years ago, I don't know how, <laughs> how it's been that long. Oh my gosh. I Same, just I know. realized that. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so I started teaching. I think I was like 21 when I started teaching, I was super young. I taught second grade my first year. And then I went on to teach kindergarten for five years, which was, that is exactly where I was meant to be. Kindergarten was like my place. Like I cannot imagine teaching anything else. I taught in both public school and private school settings in Florida and California. So I had a little cross-country move in between and got married in between that. And now I'm taking some time off to stay at home with my two kids, but I'm able to stay connected with teaching through my blog, social media, and creating resources and trainings for kindergarten and first grade teachers. I'm even getting into the pre-K space a little bit now because my daughter is in pre-K now, which is crazy (laughs) that she is four and a half years old now. So it is crazy. The time seriously flies. And I love hearing about like all the different places that you got to experience teaching too, because there's so much that you can learn from that. Yes. I think that having those experiences really helped me teach different types of students, deal with different types of parents. And it gave me a really like well-rounded 
approach to school. So yeah, totally, totally. I can see that. So how did you get into helping teachers with their phonics lessons? So my first year teaching kindergarten, I was completely overwhelmed with phonics instruction in college. We had one class that was like, like early literacy. Yeah. But it was mainly teaching like guided reading strategies, like looking at the first sound and guessing the word. And Mm -hmm. I think I learned maybe like two phonics terms. I remember learning phonemes, which is like the only thing I learned in it. It was, yeah, it was mainly like guided reading and how to teach your kids to learn sight words and stuff. So I get into kindergarten and I'm like looking at how I'm supposed to be teaching these kids how to read. And I don't even know where to begin. Like, I'm just looking at the scope and sequence that luckily one of my wonderful teachers helped me out with because didn't even know where to start with that. And pretty much I was like, what, what do I do? How do I, how do I teach these kids how to read? Yeah. They're like, okay, we'll start with letters and sounds. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but I was definitely like missing a lot I had a lot of gaps in my phonics instructions because I didn't have any training. I wasn't able to do a certain like training on phonics instruction. So I'm pretty much like (laughs) self-taught with phonics instruction. It was just a lot of research, watching YouTube videos, trying things out in my own classroom. I would just kind of get an idea of like how to teach a certain phonic skill. And I'd be like, okay, let's try it. Yeah. Um, and it worked well. And so I was like, okay. So I kept doing that. So after finally finding success with my own students, um, I knew I wanted to help more teachers in my position because mm-hmm. after I was in that public school, I had all those wonderful teachers to help me. I went to a private school where I was the only teacher on my grade level. And (laughs) I, I mean, if I hadn't had that experience teaching phonics, I would have been clueless. So I had to come up with my own scope and sequence and my own lessons and my own objectives. And I had to pretty much build a phonics curriculum from scratch because they didn't provide me with anything. So I just kind of used what I had learned previously with my research and created like this makeshift curriculum that ended up becoming an actual (laughs) phonics curriculum. So it was kind of funny how that ended up working out, but I just, once I was able to teach phonics and I really saw those like light bulbs go off when I was, you know, working with a student and they were able to decode like their first CVC word. And they just were like, Oh my God, I just read a word that was like the best. And so I just wanted to help share that with other teachers and show that phonics doesn't have to be tricky. So your experience is so relatable. I, I mean, like, as you were sharing your story, I was thinking to myself, yep, yep. I can relate to that. I don't think we had any like explicit phonics instruction in college. And then we needed to teach it, especially in kindergarten. So important to get those foundational skills and, um, yeah, so super relatable. And I love everything you share about phonics and how to teach it. So I'm excited for you to share more with our listeners today. Okay. So what are some common problems that teachers have when it comes to teaching phonics? Okay. So the first problem is that you are teaching a lesson that is too long. We know that kindergarten and first grade students do not have a long attention span. 
Yeah. Maybe I think it's like five to eight minutes is, you know, what, what it says to keep your lessons. And I was teaching like these 30 minute lessons. I had like a warm up activity, a whole group activity. I had it like PowerPoint slides at one point that I tried out and my kids were just like done. Like they couldn't pay attention. So the first problem is that like the lessons are too long. I think that like 15 minute lessons are the sweet spot because you will continue to teach phonics in, you know, your independent centers and your small group instruction. So it's not like they're only getting 15 minutes of instruction a day. They're getting 15 minutes of whole group instruction a day. And then, you know, you have little pockets of time that you can continue to teach phonics. So that's like the, I think that's the biggest problem. It kind of goes into the, the second problem that I see is like, there's too much planned. Like you're trying to fit so much into a small lesson, or you're trying to like plan elaborate activities into, you know, a small window of time. Yeah. That makes total sense. And yeah, absolutely. You think about like the attention span of the average kindergartner or first grader, and it's not very long. So it makes complete sense to make sure that your phonics instruction is not too long. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that goes with really any Um, lessons. I really just taught mini lessons where it was like 10, 15 minutes. That's it. Most of my instruction was done in small group and centers. Absolutely. That's so powerful. Any other problems that teachers run into when they're trying to teach phonics? So the other one is that teachers might think it's like boring, that phonics is boring. It has to be, they hear like systematic and explicit and they think boring, Like That doesn't really sound fun to me either. So I totally get it. And there's a part that is, that needs to be systematic and explicit. Like there is a part that you need to be doing it, but it doesn't mean that it can't be fun and you can't do it in an engaging way. And so the way I kind of fixed that was to really incorporate like a multi-sensory learning experience within my daily phonics routine, which sounds like a lot, but it is super simple. (laughs) Once you like break it down and you see how easy it can be. Yeah because we want our kids to have fun. And the best part is when, you know, kids like, Oh, I loved playing this game today. And their parents are thinking like, Oh, they played like connect four with their teacher, but it was a phonics game. Yeah. (laughs) So just like creating engaging activities. And that's like one of the things I'm really passionate about is, you know, you have to make learning fun. Absolutely. I completely agree. And there is nothing better than like when a student is like, I can't wait for center time or, you know, I can't wait for small group or phonics or whatever it might be. Um, so I can't wait to hear more about those engaging activities. Okay. So you talked about those problems that teachers have, and I think again, super relatable. So what, what do we do about that? Okay. So you have to create a simple phonics routine. Once you have kind of like a frame of a phonics routine, you can easily just insert different, the different parts to create a simple flowing phonics lesson. So I can walk you through like step-by-step how to do a simple phonics routine. I would love that. Yes. I am all about routines and sharing just like how we can simplify our planning and our prep and like all the things with routines. So this is going to be super helpful. Yes. So the first part is phonemic awareness. And if you're not already doing some kind of daily warm up lesson, or you're practicing one to two skills or more 
I highly suggest you add it to your phonics routine. Just consistently doing this for five minutes a day makes a huge difference in your students' reading ability. Like if you only had five minutes a day to teach phonics, this is where I would say like, do this every day. (laughs) And I kind of made it fun. Like I would say like, okay, it's time to warm up our bodies. And we'd like kind of get up and like jump around for a minute. And then we'd sit and then I would do it. And this is where the systematic and explicit instruction really takes place because it is a lot more like I say, you repeat, you know, you orally segment the word, we move on and we continue to do that. So with my phonemic awareness warm-ups, what I would do is a quick like flashcard practice with whatever phonics skill you're we working on. It could only be maybe like three flashcards where I just kind of go over the pattern and the sound super quick. And then the next part is two to three phonemic awareness, language awareness type of skills that we go through and we just do a couple, we do it whole group. I also would like, you know, call on a couple students throughout to just kind of check their understanding. But this routine takes about that part of the phonics routine takes about five minutes, but it was the most important part. Even if we like had a field trip or something that day and we didn't have much time in the classroom, I would like prioritize getting our phonemic awareness warmups in because that's where you're going to see the biggest gains because it's kind of like the stepping stone before phonics. So absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned how it's like a five minute thing. So you really like, it's easy to make the time for it. And as you said, yes, it's systematic, but it's, there's ways to make it engaging. And I've used your phonemic awareness warmups before with my kids and they love them. Yeah. They think they're games. I mean, I would call it, okay, it's time for your warm up games and, (laughs) you know, make it fun. There's a lot of different ways to make it more like kinesthetic or, you know, tactile where they're like tapping the sounds on the ground or, you know, giving thumbs up or thumbs down, standing Mm -hmm. up, standing, sitting down. There's just a bunch of different ways that you can make it more engaging. So it's Mm -hmm. not just like they're sitting there repeating after you because that gets boring. Absolutely. Okay. So that's the first part. So what would be the next step in a phonics routine? So the next step is going to be your whole group lessons. This is like the meat of the phonics routine and it's split into two, maybe three parts, depending on how much time you have. And I like to use multi-sensory instruction for each part. So the first part I always do is a song. Okay. I have a YouTube channel full of phonics playlists and I would literally just type in like CVC words songs and we would play a song. That's it. Like there's no, really no planning in that. Like sometimes I would like go on YouTube and, you know, search a song last minute and just play it. My students were obsessed with vowel bat. Have you heard that one? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And they are always obsessed with that every year. But for here, and it's like, I have not, I have not played it for Caroline yet. I think I need to play it for her tomorrow. <laughs> you do. And let me know. time of year too. <laughs> Text me. Let me know how she, how she likes it. Cause I, I've got to know everybody oh loves it. <sighs> but anyways, with, with the songs, it just, I mean, you can think of, I'm sure you were probably like an NSYNC or Backstreet Boys fan back in nope. the day. If yep. a song played today, even if you hadn't heard it in years, you would remember every single word to it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the same thing with phonics, especially those kids who have a lot of trouble remembering letter sounds and different, like maybe short vowel versus long vowels. Mm-hmm. It just, it's an auditory way. And it's the YouTube videos are very visual too. So it's kind of like you kind of hit both with it. So the song, I always called it like the lesson hook. Cause it kind of like hooks the students and gets them 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It does. It totally gets them excited and it's an easy thing to plan for. Yeah. All you have to, like, you just know, okay, like you do my Finney make awareness warm up, mm-hmm. then I do my song. Like that's the beginning of your lesson. Like you don't every have to time. That's so it easy. Day. It's the same thing every day, Yeah. but you can change up how you do it every single day. That's sure. Yeah. Love that. So the next part is I like to have some kind of visual. Mm-hmm. So some days we work on like a phonics anchor chart, which is seriously simple. Like I draw a circle and I put a letter in the middle and yeah. they come up with words that go in it. They might talk to their partner. Um, they might play like I spy around the classroom and like walk around the classroom and find words, mm-hmm. but I mean, simple anchor chart. Sometimes I'll just have like a teaching kind of poster that I'll show, but just some kind of quick, like little visual mm-hmm. for the students. I keep it on the focus wall all week. So that way they can refer back to it. Perfect. Love it. And it's again, routine. So you're doing this repeatedly um, for multiple lessons, you know, depending on the skill you're teaching. Right. Yep. Exactly. And I mean, that, that part of the lesson takes like a minute or two. Yeah. That one's do a full blown anchor chart, maybe at the beginning of the week, typically mm-hmm. Mondays, I did an anchor chart and that was my whole lesson was the anchor chart. Sure. I would just refer back to it throughout the week and say like, yeah. Oh, we're learning about, you know, this letter sound. Can you think of another word? And usually by that point, the kids are like, yes, yes. I have another word that has short A. Oh my yeah. gosh. Let me tell you. <laughs> They're so they excited. always, they always want to come back to it, right? Like later yep. in the week and tell you. Yeah. And I feel like that's so great because it does provide, um, just a visual like reference throughout the week as well. And, more reinforcement of that skill that they learned. Exactly. And then you don't have to listen to them say like, oh, I know another word. You're like, okay, well, let's save it for our phonics lesson. We'll go over (laughs) it. (laughs) So referring back to it definitely helps. It gives Mm -hmm. them that visual and it's just, it's, it's so easy to do anchor charts. They don't have to be pretty. (laughs) Like they can just be literally marker writing on a piece of paper. (laughs) Yep. Totally. My anchor charts are never pretty. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, all right. So we have the warm up, the hook, the song, and then your visual. So a chart what's next. Let's get those kids moving. Yes. <laughs> so some kind of like a game or activity to get them moving. So my favorite, like little, like hack, it's not really hack, but I use phonic center games okay. as my whole group lesson, pretty much consistently all the time. Love it. You know, you're already prepping it for phonics centers, you mm-hmm. might as well use it. So like picture sorts, um, memory is always a big one that we would do anything with like whiteboards. So they each have a whiteboard and maybe you're like working on spelling. And so you give them a word, they spell it, you know, they work as a team. Sometimes I'll let them do their own like mini anchor charts. So they get to like get up and like move around and come up with different words for each phonic skill with a group of students. So something that's very like hands-on they're working with others, um, gets them up and moving, write the room is another easy one. You don't really yeah. have to do much for write the room either. So, and they love it and it's and interactive. It. It's interactive. And like you said, you're planning on using these things for centers too. So let's get more use out of them. Right. And then they get more independent too. I feel like with their centers, if they're, if you're also utilizing it during lessons. Yes. Because if you're modeling it and you're like kind of working through the problem solving in your head, as you're like teaching it, it helps them when they get to centers. Like I would do 
a phonics center for like a week before I gave it to my students independently. And by that time they can do it by themselves or in a group. Yeah. That's a great tip too, just to, to make sure that you're really allowing kids time to be able to do something independently before they're getting in centers. But that's, that's a whole other topic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. So, I mean, the lesson activities, I would pull a phonics center. I would, I always had like a couple of like simple, like no prep kind of activities. So that write and wipe mm-hmm. one where they're like spelling, they're using the whiteboard and they're spelling. We did hot potato a lot. <laughs> so they would <laughs> sit in a circle and this would be like working on like decoding words or something. Yeah. And they'd pass the basket around and whoever it would stop on, they would pull out the card, read the word and continue. You can do the same type of thing with like freeze dance or musical chairs. Like it was, it was really easy to come up with lesson activities. I just had a whole like list of them and I would just pick one. And it's engaging too, you know, for the kids, they love it, which is so important. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So after you've kind of got them up and moving and doing their activity, what do you, what do you do next? So we close out our lesson. I might have them all, whatever phonics skill we're working on. I might have them talk to their shoulder partner and share real quick. And then we go into independent practice. So I always set up my schedule so that phonics went right into my like ELA center rotations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd explain all the centers, but for the phonics centers, I would just have whatever skill we were working on. I would have one to two phonics centers a day, usually some kind of like worksheet that maybe worked on like fine motor skills. So like a cotton paste or like a stamping kind of activity. And then, um, a group activity where they're playing a game. So there was one that my students loved. It was like spin and cover. They would spin a sound and they would have to find the picture that matched that sound and then cover it. So just, I would just pick two phonics center activities and they would practice during that. I also, you know, did it during my small group instruction. Mm-hmm. I taught a, another mini lesson. I didn't teach phonics every day in my small group. I taught about three days because I spent one day on writing. And then I spent one day as kind of like an assessment intervention mm-hmm. kind of day. So yeah, they still got additional practice in their small group instruction. So I feel like they had a lot of phonics instruction from me, even though it didn't seem like 15 minutes was long enough. Yeah. You really make that stretch. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to reinforce that, which is, which is awesome. Yes, definitely. They just, they need that time to practice, to really like, let it sink in. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're not doing it all the time and constantly, you know, bringing phonics into other, like we would do phonics practice during writing, Yeah, you know, it's really easy to bring it into other subjects as well. Absolutely. Okay. So this all just, I love how it's so routine and engaging and it just feels like easy to plan for easy to do and fun for the kids. And, um, I just, I love all of the ideas that you've shared. I feel like our listeners are going to be like jotting down notes and ideas (laughs) that they can use. And I can't wait for them. Where, where can our listeners connect with you if they haven't connected with you yet? So I am on Instagram at sweet for kindergarten. My website's sweetforkindergarten.com. My TPT store is sweet for kindergarten. I'm pretty much sweet for kindergarten <laughs> everywhere. Um, my YouTube channel is sweet for kindergarten too. So I'll definitely share that link 
with you. So that way that's one less thing to plan. You can just pull up my YouTube channel and then play a phonics song. <laughs> yes. So many great YouTube videos you have. And also we're going to link to, um, a free phonics lesson plan that you have as well. Right. To share. So, um, yes. I can't wait to share that. So you guys can kind of see like in that plan, how Christina puts all of these parts together. Um, so you can see how it'll all work. And I think it's going to just be a huge time saver for you and help you see how easy and fun phonics can be. Yep. It's a CBC lesson plan too. So I know a lot awesome. of teachers are going to be doing CBC words, you yeah. know, December, January. So absolutely. Yes. That is coming up and it's going to be super helpful. I can't wait for them to, yeah. to see it. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing all of these fabulous ideas with us today. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear them and yeah, it was great to just chat and catch up. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's been fun. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what we talked about here and want to connect further, you can find everything you need on my website, www.teachinglittleleaders.com. And if you loved this episode in particular, share it with your teacher friends by taking a screenshot and posting to Instagram stories. Make sure to tag me at Teaching Little Leaders so I can see it and reshare. I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a fabulous week.